Hi, and welcome to Math Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math Musings. Today's date is Friday, February 11th, 2022. This is Season 2, Episode 6 of our show. I thank you for tuning in today. We are continuing uh, Lesson 2, or Lesson 2, I'm thinking about school, Season 2 multi-episode arc that we began at the beginning of 2022, uh, detailing a book I wrote a number of years ago, Uh, it was 2007 that I printed the book, the book was called The Other Side of the Coin, as I've detailed the last few weeks, haven't thought much about the book the last 15 years. But I think about the story often, and I always do this time of year because this is the time frame in which it happened. It was January and February of 2006. And if you've been following along with the story, which I'll recap very quickly here, uh, you know what I mean. It's the kind of thing that would stick in your mind. For the first 23 and a half years of my life, I lived pretty much a scripted existence I lived at my parents' house, and I went to school. And then I got my own apartment, and I still went to school. In the uh, fall of 2005, I completed my second degree, actually. That's when I finished my master's degree. I was no longer in school, and I had a part-time job. It was easy enough for me to leave, and then I did. Uh, January 1st, 2006, I sent out on the adventure of a lifetime set to make the adventure story of a lifetime my journey depositing myself in an unknown land and trying to succeed the story was the free market response to a book I'd read several years before New York Times number one best-selling book Nickel and Dimed by Barbara Ehrenreich which detailed her journey to, quote-unquote, try to succeed in America, undertaking that same premise. Trouble with Miss Ehrenreich's book is that she didn't try. She tried to make her experiences look difficult, and she did. No one actually does that, though. Whether you have money or don't, you're not trying to write a book making life look difficult. You are trying to succeed. At least I hope so. And part of the book was to inspire others to make an attempt to succeed in this world and give faith and confidence to those looking to do so that this was possible. I mentioned last week that as I uh, you know, deposited myself into uh, the, uh, the world of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, found an apartment a few minutes after I landed in town, and then found a job after a couple days. And let's face it, at that point, it was pretty much done. I found an apartment, I found a job. It wasn't that hard, because that was all I was focused on. I had a singular focus. The rest was just moving my way up. The comments I've received uh, since last week have, have gone something like this. Well... Yeah, you, you didn't use your real-life skills, because that was the goal. Like, I didn't tell anyone I had a master's degree. Uh, I didn't tell anyone 
that I was, you know, really good at algebra or anything like that. I just said, yeah, I've worked in a restaurant before. I, I can I can handle being the, you know, the fry cook. I mean, a six-year-old could do my job. It, it wasn't that hard. I wasn't banking on my real life skills. The one skill that I, that I did rely on was the attitude that I'm going to do this well. And that was one thing annoyed me about Miss Ehrenreich's book, that she looked down upon minimum wage work and minimum wage workers, that like she would have to bring herself down to, I think she worked at Walmart, she worked as a, a maid in a hotel, and, uh, and she worked as a waitress, that she was, you know, slumming it. Me, I went in with the attitude of, this is a job, and I'm going to try to do this job as best as I can. I mean, same thing I do now. Math teacher guy does the same thing. The only skill I used was a positive attitude. and I didn't look down on the work. There's a certain dignity in work, and uh, I was going to uh, take advantage of that. I did have two other unseen and uh, sort of unwritten um, qualifications. One was that, well, it's true. I did not have a child or any children. Admittedly, this journey would have been more difficult if I had children. By the way, I don't have children now either. I have one child. Uh, my life is very different than it was 16 years ago. I have now a, you know, a career and a mortgage and a wife and a child. Those kinds of things, my recommendation in life is those kinds of things should come later. Work a minimum wage job when you're young and trying to develop skills and don't have any children. And my thought on the matter was, well, it's true, I didn't have any kids, but you know what? Nobody's born with children. Nobody's born with children. Uh, that is one that you like make that a conscious decision without going into the particulars of where babies come from, etc. I don't want to have to mark this episode explicit. Uh, make that a conscious decision and uh, do so when you are prepared to do so. The other is that, well, I was young. It helps to be youthful and sprite, especially in, in some of the things I got into, uh, you know, have there were, there were a few nights where I, I didn't have a place to stay and end up like walking the, the streets at night. Or like, yeah, that would have been tough if I was old and feeble. But you know what? Same thing about nobody's born with kids. Nobody's born old and feeble. Some people have better uh, physical attributes than others. I realize that. But nobody's born old plan for when you are old, as I am doing now, and hopefully all of us are, like, plan for a time when you can't, you know, huff it on foot and walk around at 40 different restaurants in one day, you know, saying that you want to work there. Like, yeah, I could, I could handle that. I could, you know, dart across lanes of traffic, you know, because I didn't have a car. I could handle all this on foot. Do that when you're young. Do that when you're young. You're probably wondering what else I was doing in my, you know, I had my 40-hour-a-week job, minimum wage job, and 
well, there are 168 hours in a week. Well, Mike, what else were you doing? I had time to do things that you can do if you are young and you don't have kids. And that is, you know, I took time to read. I took time to write. I took time to think. Those are the three things I enjoy doing most. Reading, writing, thinking. Did a lot of walking. Um, probably probably did some math problems too, just to stay in practice. A few of the books I read, like I had all kinds of time to read, and the books were available to me for free. Uh, I found two really great libraries. Actually, more than two, but two I frequented uh, often. I guess that's redundant. One was the State University, um, North Carolina State University's library, which um, they... It was open 24 hours a day, except on Friday and Saturday nights, but you needed to be a student or a patron to access the place between, I think it was 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. or something like that. Because that was one of my one of my uh, plans. Like, oh, if I if I didn't have a state place to stay, I could just hang out in the library all night. Well, no, they they cut it off at a certain point. But I also became uh, at uh, at some point towards the end of January. I think I I did buy a library patron card. Like instead of being a student, you could be a uh, you know a benefactor of the library, which I did and gave me access to that place 24 hours a day. Some of the books I read, I'd wanted to read for years. Like, you've heard of Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations? You know, the, the, the 1776 books, it's like the Bible of economics. Actually, the full name of it is, is uh, An Inquiry into the Nature and Causes of the uh, Wealth of Nations. And uh, I, I had never read the book before because it's like a billion pages. Read the entire thing. I read... Um, Another tome, this was uh, Whitaker Chambers' Witness. This was, um, I'm going to say that book came about, I could look it up. The book came out in 1952 or say. Whitaker Chambers, the former communist turned conservative, writes a book about his experiences both within the Communist Party and then trying to escape the Communist Party. One of my favorite quotes from that book when, He's thinking about you know defecting, and he was known as Bob at the time. And one of the uh, his communist leaders says to him, uh, "Bob, there's only two ways you can leave: you can be shot by them, or you can be shot by us." Uh, he was able to uh, was able to escape, and you know writes a book about his experiences. And it was interesting because not only did I appreciate uh, Chambers' philosophy, it's that. Um, well, he had the same kind of like journey I was undertaking as well. As was uh, Peter Jenkins, who wrote a book um, a couple of decades later called A Walk Across America. And it was, it was kind of a similar thing. It was um, going, uh, a, a, well, not across America. He was kind of, uh, he was going down uh, the side of America, I suppose. Chambers did the same thing. Chambers ended up in uh, New Orleans which was my eventual goal as well. Never made it, but that's a story for another time. Uh, so I read uh, that travel log, one of my favorites. I love, I love traveling, and I love reading books about other people traveling too. Not just the Walter Mitty. I, you know, I do it myself. I like reading books about other people doing this as well. 
Thomas Paine's The Age of Reason. Everyone knows Thomas Paine from his pamphlet, Common Sense. Years later, decades later, he writes a book called The Age of Reason that, among other things, questions the existence of God. And at that time, a couple hundred years ago, that, that kind of made him persona non grata. But some of our more enlightened founding fathers uh, helped him out, even though, from a public standpoint, he had, he had sort of lost standing. That's Thomas Paine. And then two volumes, both. Uh, <laughs> one is uh, Sexual Behavior in the American Male and Sexual Behavior in the American Female. You know them collectively as the Kinsey Report. Yes, I, I read the entire Kinsey Report. This will kind of tell you, the, like, I had like 16 hours a day to read. I, I, I read through every book that I'd ever wanted to read, you know, even really long ones. And I was able to do so for free at the uh, university library and then the Cameron Village Public Library which was part of the Wake County library system that was the Rolls Royce of libraries I'd never seen a more beautiful library in my life until I came to Loudoun County and saw the libraries we had here it was um, it, w it was a delight to be able to do these things and you know work my minimum wage job wasn't going out, wasn't spending any money, just uh, reading and writing and thinking and and um, was able to uh, meet some people at my, my new gig. Never told them what I was doing. I never told them I was do what I was doing. I was just a guy from upstate New York who moved down to North Carolina and was uh, looking to work in a restaurant. That was it. That's all I ever told people. And... Uh, I had some interesting dealings at the store and some interesting dealings outside of the store uh, end of uh, January into February. But that, that is a story for the next podcast as we are close to the close of this one. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening today. I never mentioned this, you know, the, the song that you hear at the end of this is, you know, I'll, I'll turn it up so you can hear it a little better. It's, uh, the name of the tune is, is Going Home. It's uh, from an EP I recorded a few years ago called Jazz Impressions of a Boy Named Franklin. That is my son. You've been listening to Math and Musings. My name is Mike O'Connell. Among other things, author of the book, The Other Side of the Coin. And uh, the man behind Math and Musings and its accompanying website, MikeOConnellJr.com. For more information or to contact, go to michaelconnelljr.com.